Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey gang, it's Ryan. We've got a very special treat for you. It's our very first ever full-on interview episode with a real expert about producing a dating show. So I'm Hiwate Gitana. I am one of the producers who makes a podcast called This Is Dating, where you sit in on couples' first dates. We had a lot of fun in this interview. We talk about The Bachelor. We talk about what it's like to produce a dating show so that Anna and I just don't have to speculate about what producers are doing anymore. We talk about dating in COVID times. We talk about the reality stars that Huote would love to feature on This Is Dating. So I really hope you enjoy the episode. And of course, since it's an interview, we're not going to be dropping our usual clips in. So I guess I should just throw a random clip in now just to satisfy you all. That caviar is a garnish. So you are not a reality TV person, or you wish you were more of a reality TV person, which is a weird thing to wish, right? (laughs) Yeah, I just, I have so many funny friends whose references come from reality TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want to get into this. And I do get into it when I'm with people that are really into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I told you, I watched the last episode of the newest season of The Bachelor right, today. Right, yeah. But then I was texting my friend who watches all the reality TV, and she was like, well, if you really want to get into reality TV, you have to watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. You gotta go Real Housewives, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I used to love Real Housewives of Atlanta, but then I just kind of fell off. But yeah. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is next level. It's insane. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's this so is good. totally out of my wheelhouse, The Real Housewives. But Anna, you watch I New watch York. I watch New York. Uh-huh. And that's really, okay. I had to just stop there. Like I tried to do the OC. I have a friend similarly who's obsessed with Salt Lake City. Uh, but I, it's a little, it's a lot, right? Like you could spend, you could devote hours of your life to knocking out a single Bravo show. It's like a whole universe, like the Marvel universe or something like the real housewives universe. It's Andy Cohen's universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Taking over TV. Yeah. Our entire family was like only watching reality TV all morning because we have the two of you to think for it. Yeah. You're <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. That's our fault. Well, what did you think of the most recent episode of The Bachelor? We just put our recap up, what, yesterday, I guess. So yeah. what did you think? Okay, so Cassidy stresses me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also it made me wonder, there was a, I think it was Victoria on the last season. I did watch the Matt James season, not okay. all the way yeah. through. Was it Crazy Victoria? Victoria? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is it obvious to everyone or am I just thinking this because I produce another show that's like reality TV that Victoria's intentionally cast or same thing with Cassidy, right. intentionally cast as like the one total outlier. She's mm-hmm. the villain. She's the yeah. villain. Yeah. I don't think anybody believes that the producers put her in there thinking that she and Clayton were going to end up together. Well, we've said also, like, I think that they, depending on the season, sometimes are a little more subtle about it. Like one of our points with Victoria was just, 
it's so obvious right. that that's what they're doing. Like, why else would he keep her, you know? Right. Uh, but sometimes it is a little more like, uh, there was another, that was Victoria as well with uh, the pilot Pete, right? Right, right, right. A second yeah. Victoria. And she was pretty terrible, but it was also clear that he was just like really physically attracted to her. <laughs> and so, you know, in that situation, you're like, okay, well, maybe the lead is kind of perpetuating this a little more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I also had the advantage of listening to your last episode before watching the the last episode. So you knew what was coming. Yeah. I was crying laughing when you said his entire neck was sunburnt because it's a huge surface area. <laughs> it's true. We like to not lean in too much to like the physical characteristics of the people on the show because yeah. you can't control it, but it really is an aggressively large He's neck. a big guy. I yeah. mean, yeah. And it's also hilarious because it's in the context of only his nipples got covered by something. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. By the other villain, Shanae. Yeah. yeah. They, oh, uh, yeah. Shanae and also- Shrimp. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and they always have sort of like a rotating cast where like one of the villains gets cut week three, but then a new villain steps in and they mm. last till week six. Then somebody else gets to be the villain. And then now that they have all these spinoffs, it's funny too, because sometimes the villain will show up on like Bachelor in Paradise mm. and they're totally fine. Interesting. It's so clear that it was just editing, you mm-hmm. know. Wait, so how did the two of you get into The Bachelor? Like this heavy? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. I feel like I always watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like I started watching in college. And then, I mean, it's so long running at this point. Like there were definitely strings of seasons that I just didn't watch. Mm. And I I don't, I mean, what? We just started watching it. We started watching. We started watching Matt Grant's season in what must have been like 2008. We started watching it. And we watched a couple of seasons pretty like rigorously. And then we kind of fell off of it too. But then... It was about five or six years ago now that Anna was like, we should start a Bachelor podcast. I feel like I just had too much wine one night and was like, this would be really (laughs) fun. And here we are. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. And also, since I work on a dating show, one of the things I was thinking when I was listening to you guys was, how did you meet? graduate school yeah we um for our fans who are listening to this we have actually covered this in intense detail over the course of the show so we'll give you sort of the abridged version which is that we were both english graduate students i was a phd student in rhetoric anna was a mfa student in poetry and we actually met in our first ever conversation was about how i have high cholesterol that was our first ever conversation And I do remember the first time that I ever saw you um, at a bar. Like, and I was like, oh, is that this other person's uh, new girlfriend? And my friend was like, no, he wishes. And then that person ended up dating Anna for a while. Um, and uh, yeah, we got together when we, the big moment in our relationship was we were going to sing Opposites Attract karaoke at this sort of like rundown sketchy bar in the outskirts of town so we like had dance moves and we were gonna we had practiced it and we were ready to go and then we got up there and like the recording malfunctioned so we didn't get to sing oh it God. and they were like we got booed off yeah stage. they were like sing they're something like, else and we're like, we're like we, we don't, don't have one we spent two hours practicing this this is what we have <laughs> so yeah that's so and cute. then that everything Two children and and twelve years of marriage later, that's what kicked it all off. So, that's but that was a, almost a year after we met that we actually got together. It's funny yeah. though, because listening, I listened to the episodes. I was having like PTSD flashbacks of how awful dates are. Like our dates were terrible. I felt like really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the date that we went on to see Step It Up. Well, yeah, Step you can up. sit in a movie theater together. I okay. Mean, <laughs> You're like, the movie was good. Yeah. I actually think I was talking too much. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I had exactly the same response. Your podcast is very well done, but I had the same PTSD to like going on internet dates as a 25 year old and just being like, ah, you know, like. It's great to listen yeah. to when it's not you. Yeah. But I was like, oh God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 15 years later and that's just right below the surface. Oh, right? and honestly, just, yeah. like the people that y'all have are pretty charming. You know, mm. I feel like there's moments of awkwardness, but they handle it way better yeah. than I would have. Yeah. Oh, I would kill to be as charming as any of these people on a first date. <laughs> There's also the power of editing. Well, correct. Well, let's get yeah. into that. So let's talk about your show because 
you know, like you said, you produce a dating show. That's yeah. one of the reasons we wanted to have you on here is you have an insight on how these things are put together. So I guess we've kind of go- gone over, but tell us a little bit about your show, how you got involved. Yeah. Okay. So the show's called This Is Dating, and we landed on that name because we were circling around the name dating, and mm-hmm. the more we listened to these dates, we were like, this is what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Listen to this and you realize it's awkward sometimes. It's really sweet and charming other times. And like, yeah. p- you notice that like people are, the same person is different with different mm-hmm. people, you know, yeah. or on different days. I know one right. of our daters, Khan, um, you hear his first episode just launched and he's so charming and charismatic. I love him. Yeah. I, I felt like I got love bombed. <laughs> yeah. He love bombed your whole audience. Yeah. yeah. He's so charming and you'll hear him on a next date and he sounds totally different. And it's interesting. Just like, it's just, that was the nature of what, whatever was going on in his life on that right. day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, the big thing we were curious about was how do we, create a context where people can connect instead of because we all I mean I do like I was watching Love is Blind I was watching Indian Matchmaker Mm -hmm. so I was watching those shows during COVID and with all of them I felt like we're not actually these people are not actually looking for love are they like the way they're showing up cannot mean that they're actually looking for love right Mm -hmm. and so when we were making our show the big thing we were thinking about was why don't we center it around this hour, hour and a half date where you have, we're trying to help you feel a little bit more connected Mm -hmm. than you did before you walked in. And usually it's with someone that maybe you would have swiped left on because you think you know what's good for you. But in this show, we set you up with a dating coach who tells you what some of your blind spots might be or who helps Mm -hmm. you identify what some of your blind spots might be. And so a lot of it is first we find people who we think need the help of yeah. a dating coach. Mm-hmm. And Can then pa- swiping left is a pass, right? It means you right. say no. Okay. We're exactly. very old on all this. <laughs> you know what's so yeah. funny? I you used guys- to date girls from MySpace. <laughs> so yeah, Tom was my wingman. <laughs> it's really funny because I was listening to your uh, last episode and you said, one of you said daddy. And then <laughs> yeah. the person was trying We're to figure out what that yeah. <laughs> Did we get, is that a term that you're familiar with? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So what, what is it since we're there, since we have like a young person who can help us, what, what is a zaddy? A zaddy is someone who is hot. You were right, Anna. Like it is someone who is hot, who is older. Okay. But yeah. I, I think older is, I listened to you guys and I was like, I think the reason this is confusing is because older is relative. Yeah, sure. It's not right. like a silver fox. No, it's okay. like it can it it can be, but okay. not always. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so hard to pin down. It's like that Supreme Court justice thing about pornography. You know, you when know you when you see it, it right? Yeah, because yeah, we're like Donald. Like to me, Donald Glover is just regular hot, for sure, not uh-huh. old guy hot, right? And but I am. I think either we are the same age or he's slightly younger than mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. like, it's just a different perspective. Totally, you know? totally. And so if you're talking to a Gen Xer, they're gonna think. I don't know. They're going to think like Zac Efron is a zaddy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, with the dating show, we find interesting people. We set them up with a dating coach. And then we try to create this context as producers. Our job is to set up the scenario where you can feel connected and have a little Mm -hmm. bit of fun and not necessarily have the pressure of you're going to meet the love of your life. Because I think that's part of what's hard about dating online right now. And I'm... I mean, you will hear this over the course of the season. Like, I'm single, I'm dating mm-hmm. online, and it's awkward. And I think yeah. part of what's hard is, like, if you go in with the intention of these are the things I'm looking for and I'm only going to swipe right on that person, right. you're right. disappointed. And you're never mm-hmm. going to feel connected. Yeah. Right. So for these dates, they're all Zoom dates, Right. Yes. And, you know, we're on Zencaster. We're recording on Zencaster right, right now. Uh-huh. So we'll use different tools. But mm-hmm. for the first few, we only used Zoom. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious how you think that affects it. And like, I, I mean, you're out there too. Have you done like virtual dates? It's a good question. I have not done a virtual date, but um, I would if someone set one up for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> But um, part of why we did it was because we started this during 
the height of COVID. Sure. Right. right. In New York too, New- right? Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then over time, we've been wondering like, what? What does this look like if we didn't do it virtually? Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, there's like a beauty to only having this commitment for an hour and a half. You don't have to leave your house. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ease to it, which I am a big fan of. Right. Right. Well, and especially with, so you guys are, are there observing also there's a Zoom component. So like there's also a safety, like these people are safe, you know, in the sense of like, you know, you, you know, if things go south, you can turn your Zoom on. Totally. You know, so I imagine that makes a difference. And too, you have but... people present, right? Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I do think that's a, a big part of it. It made our lives a lot easier to like mm-hmm. make the thing. It was much easier to say, you know, at any point, if you feel uncomfortable, you could just say, I'm done here and you right. are out. Right, which you don't always have that luxury if you were both to go meet at coffee and there weren't producers there. You exactly. know, it's always, thing, you know, you never know. Things can go south. So to have that extra safety is nice totally and it's, it's the same for people right like you follow them on multiple dates yeah so i don't want to give too much away but okay. there are four people that you follow okay. over the course of uh at least two first dates okay mm-hmm. and part of what's interesting to me as a maker of this show is that and this is part of why i was asking you guys about victoria and you know Shanae yeah. and Cassidy. Mm-hmm. it's like I never, I did a lot of the casting for it. Uh-huh. And I never look for a Cassidy or a Shanae right. because mm-hmm. I want to root for these people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And and as producers, a lot of what we're also trying to do is make sure that they're evolving over the course of the season. Right. Of the show. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I think with someone who has a personality that's as extreme as a Cassidy or a Shanae or a Victoria, it's like, the likelihood that they're going to go from extreme of like, I'm a princess to right someone that you kind of like is very mm-hmm. hard. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it is much, it's interesting for us because we approach it, I think a little bit differently than what a lot of, at least reality TV does. Mm-hmm. I liked all of them. Like, oh, you know, good. I mean, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, and you just, that's interesting because you have a totally different purpose which is you actually want these people to find love. You often get the sense that the Bachelor producers don't really care. (laughs) And we're even, we've said for years now they should drop the engagement at the end of The Bachelor. Like maybe they want to date exclusively Mm -hmm. for a while. And that's cool, right? Mm -hmm. If Katie and Blake want to date or Michelle and Nate want to date for six months and decide they don't want to be, cool, that's fine. You know, we've still got an entertaining show. Totally. You know. Yeah, and it's more believable. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Of course. Like, that's the big thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I was thinking about that quote that um, I guess it was a love coach that y'all brought in, but she was saying to someone, maybe to Virginia, we Mm -hmm. mistake anxiety for chemistry. Mm. And I was like, that's everyone on The Bachelor. Like, the level of anxiety that's running through all of them. Yes. And maybe that's why it happens that way. Yeah. I really, that one hit me hard too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, And, And it makes you think about like, there's this whole thing about attachment styles. Do you guys, are you familiar with this Uh world? Okay. So attachment styles is this like attachment theory is this Mm -hmm. theory that came from research that was done, I think in, I believe in the Mm seventies and it has since it's super generative. So there's been tons Mm -hmm. of other research that's been done based on that. And really the outcome is that now people think a lot about their attachment styles when they date. Mm-hmm. So you might be anxiously attached, which means that you feel anxious when someone pulls away to any extent or you hold on a little too tight. And, right. Or mm-hmm. you might be avoidant where you need a ton of space and you feel anxious or stressed if someone is coming on to you, whatever is a little too strong, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're securely attached. And one of the things our dating coach, Logan, says on the show is a lot of securely attached people end up getting married earlier. So then what's left in the dating pool is a lot of avoidant <laughs> and anxious <laughs> attached all people. The people all the yeah, all the people who oh, couldn't no. securely attach. Yeah. Oh. And what's hard about that is that <laughs> those two kinds of attachment styles tend to attract each other. Mm-hmm. See, that's so funny. Yeah. And when I watch The Bachelor, I'm like, this would trigger 
anybody's anxiety of and course. make you yeah. super anxiously attached, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 It's been, it's really interesting to watch because I'm like, of course you're doing ridiculous things because you feel you have to compete for it. Right. 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 It's literally a game. And, you know, they, but we're also pretending like someone's going to fall in love. Well, it was funny because in this season, I don't know that you watched the pilot, but three women left oh, the pilot, which never, never happened. Why? Because, because they didn't like it. They were like, we're not feeling it. Yeah. I they love didn't. That. They didn't attach. I know. We did too. Oh, we were like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because, but we said that never happens because the people who are there generally are like, well, I want the follows. I want to be on TV. You didn't. There's a lot of accusations from different contestants like someone else came because they just wanted to be on TV. You came on the show because you wanted to be on TV. Totally. Right? Like, obviously. <laughs> like, otherwise you would be on Match.com. Totally. Yeah. What? So let's get back to your people. I would like We said we liked them all. How did you pick them? And for them, yeah. what's the, like, the incentive or the carrot for being on the show? Yeah. So let me answer the second part first. Mm -hmm. I think the incentive is um, super straightforward. It is, we're going to set you up with a dating coach and you tell us first and foremost, if you feel you need help, because if you mm -hmm. don't need help, you're probably not a good yeah. match for this. Mm -hmm. If you just want to get set up on dates, like you're probably not a good match for this. Right. Yeah. And we have had, we have screened people where we were like, they would be great and super entertaining to listen to, but there's really like not much of an evolution for them to go through. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, do you feel you need help? And could you work with this dating coach and actually get some sort of benefit from it? Okay. And then for us looking for the person the people to set up, it was a lot of scouring through the internet, a lot okay. of friends of friends. It started mm -hmm. with friends of friends. So okay. um, I'm trying to think now. I think two people were friends of friends. You'll also okay. hear the daters we set them up with were equally as hard to find as, mm -hmm. yeah. as the main characters. So Outside of Friends of Friends, we tapped into like these groups that had formed during COVID that were basically like matchmaking groups or okay. groups where people wanted to be set up with one another. Mm -hmm. um, and then Logan also had a roster of people who had asked to be matchmade at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she connected us to people that she thought might be a good fit for for the show. Okay, great. Because it seems like you put a lot of care into like well, we think – this person would match with Khan and, and be love bomb proof was you the phrase no you used. Idea. You have yeah, you, no idea. But you try at least, yeah, you know, to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was, I wanted to ask. I mean, did y'all, do you have predictions going into the episode of who you think will do well and who won't? And did those pan out? Yeah. Do well. What do you mean by do well? Like dates that would mm. go more efficiently or dates that would go well and, and lead to know, a like, second date. There were dates yeah. that I was listening to. So for instance, I thought that Khan's date, and now I can't even, the name of the girl. That, Joanna. Yes, mm -hmm. Joanna. I was like vibing with them. Like I thought that that seemed to go so well. Me too. And then at the end, he was like, eh, not feeling it. Right. She's too intellectual. And then um, Virginia's date with the male model, <laughs> I thought was so awkward. Yeah. Like she had that dry sense of humor mm -hmm. that just didn't seem to be hitting. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way that they're ever going to talk to each other again. And they, yeah. it seemed like it, they thought it went great, you know? A hundred percent. So the way yeah. you're listening to it is how I experienced it. Like, yeah. But of course, like when we're setting them up, you are right. There is so much thought that goes into it because, A, we really do want them to evolve. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. not just because we care about them, which we absolutely do, but our show is better for it if you see sure. people change. It's sure. a narrative. I mean, that's totally. that's what you want in any story is the character changes. You want changes. dynamic characters. Yeah. Exactly. That, and that does not usually happen on The Bachelor. You know, I think that's actually <laughs> one, like the character does not really grow ever. Totally. Totally. So um, for, Con, for Con, I spent, Con and Virginia were the two hardest people to match. Okay. okay. Because they were so specific in what they 
wanted and didn't want. Yeah. And I think for both of them, they had mentioned like the look that they're most attracted to. Okay. And I was like, oh, babe, I don't know yeah. that I can find that and sure, all yeah. of the other things that. Well, you found her a male model. I mean, it seems like <laughs> you did you. the best you could, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, That's exactly right. Interesting too, because she's like, I've been on. 50, 50, 60 dates. Oh my gosh, like, yeah. so you hear people who are like, well, there's nobody out there for me. And it's like, well, how many dates did you go on? Three, you know, but this exactly. is like, she's been out there. So, you know, something else with the attachment style or the expectations or whatever is, is coming into play, yeah. you know, that uh, is preventing these from becoming second dates. Well, when Khan said that it was too cerebral, I was like, this guy's never going to find anybody. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, And also does cerebral mean... She didn't chat like she challenged you too much, or is it right. actually a real yeah. thing, right? And yeah. as yeah, producers, we went back and forth on that. And I still think we have differing opinions on what that really meant. Cause yeah. it could really mean that um she challenged you too much and you like being the charmer and uh-huh. you're right. able to charm. But on yep. the yeah. other hand, I also yeah. like totally understood what he was talking about. He said he grew up in um, an immigrant family in Michigan and it was full of like people and love and energy. And I can understand yeah, having grown sure. up in a similar context, I can totally understand how warmth is the number one thing that you look right. for mm-hmm. when trying to connect, you know? Right. right. So right. Yeah. I get that. I yeah. So, yeah, I get him sometimes. And also I'm like, you're making my life really hard. <laughs> well, it's just funny because the things that he pointed out um, that she said where she was like, I haven't done research on tickling, but the tickler and the tickly. And I was like, I found that charming. Like I, (laughs) like I really like that. I would, I would have gone out on a second date with her. Yeah. Um, Probably because you're not intimidated by someone who says. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, if you've listened to one episode of our podcast, you know that I'm not uh, opposed to a woman who will challenge me (laughs) extensively. So one thing I really wanted to ask you about, we've been talking around this, but, you know, there is a ton of producer involvement Mm -hmm. on your show Mm -hmm. and it is very blatant. Whereas The Bachelor likes to pretend most of the time that there are no producers. They blur their faces. They're in the shadows. You know, you never know their names. They're these mysterious figures behind the scenes. You guys take the opposite approach of like, Hi, we're the producers. We're going to feed you this question because this is happening right now. I like how you even hear the ding when the questions come through. <laughs> yeah. So why did you decide to be so heavy-handed? And like, what does that do for the show, do you think? Yeah, bef- at the when we first started making it, like our first cut of this thing had no producer tape in it. We okay. introduced huh. the characters and mm-hmm. you, I don't think, ever heard from... Like, you didn't hear our names. You didn't hear anything. Right. Basically, we're narrators. So we introduce the characters and then we set them up on this date and they just go. And I I would be interested to hear how the what the process is for you guys when you make this podcast. Because mm-hmm. part of what's happening for us is because we're working with a broader team that works on other podcasts, usually what we'll do is we'll have a first cut of something and then we'll play it for people. And we'll say, mm-hmm. how does this sound to you guys? Mm-hmm. And the note we got the very first time was like, who are you guys? Who are these invisible people? And two, there are all these moments in the date that we could cut if you could just be the bridge for us. Right. Yeah, like a more effective transition. I liked the way that you did it. It's like a Greek chorus, you know, or something of like, or or like you're you're watching your friend on a date, which we all want to do and we can't. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I don't want to see how your friend's going out on a date on Friday night. Like you wish you could hide behind the plant. And even like tell them like, oh, say this, don't say that, you know. Um, Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. The other piece, I just thought of this when you said that is- when we described, because we are present for the dates, right? So when mm-hmm. we tell people, when we play the tape for people after we've edited it, what they hear is just the date and not mm-hmm. how much fun it was to actually be a part of the date. Right. right. And uh-huh. we realized that a big part of what was getting them excited about the show was listening to how excited we were about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, we can't invite them all literally in. So it was like we had to be the stand-in for them 
if we right. were on uh-huh. that date. Does right. that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you're right. Like I actually see a lot of advantages to this format for the participants because you've got people around. Like it's more. It's not just like you're awkwardly sitting. You're yeah. Like you got somebody there who's coaching you along. Yeah. You get question prompts. You have conversation pieces. You guys should make like a product tie-in of like. 50 yeah. of your question cards that you sell on your website. Cause like, I think people would love that. Okay. Like, instead of like, uh, what'd you do last weekend? Like, <laughs> yeah. That sort of these prompts that you can tell for better or worse, take the date in a much deeper place. Yeah. Really quickly. I wanted to ask too, with the questions, do you handpick those for each person specifically? Do you know what questions you're sending them or do you see how the date evolves? Yeah, so we come up with a list of questions a few days before the date based on what this person is trying to work on or what, what their it, vulnerabilities uh-huh. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get them like, right in the vulnerability. What's the fear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, more like um, you'll meet one dater who her Am I ruining anything by telling you this? Nah. I don't think so. Okay, but a spoiler. We love inside. Okay, I do too. I do too. Okay. So one of our daters is very polite. Mm -hmm. And on the producer side and when we were talking to the dating coach, we were like, we really think if she just opened up and like lost the politeness and actually showed up as herself. Right. mm -hmm. It would be much easier for others to connect with her and also for her to connect with her dates uh-huh. so let's encourage her to be more vulnerable like let's actually get her to think about being more vulnerable and more open and answer the question because we could send questions that encourage vulnerability and you could choose to sidestep them right like sure. uh-huh. so and they're all very smart we know that they can do that and will do that if they don't feel like mm-hmm. virginia doesn't answer like half the questions we said right that. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, they can treat it like a job interview and like dovetail into the thing. Yeah, you actually exactly. Want to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. So we do a lot of that where we encourage them to step into these questions and know that we're creating questions that will help them connect. Like we're never sending questions to expose you. Right. In fact, if anything, we'll send questions or prompts that will allow you to shine. Because Uh we know, say, for example, you did improv. So we'll like send you something to help you with that. Or Mm -hmm. if you were a bartender in a past life, like we'll Mm -hmm. give you a cocktail to make and you can show off. So we definitely think about the questions a ton. And generally our thinking is like, how can we get them during the actual date? And this sometimes often translates to what you hear in the episode. But during the actual date, a lot of what we're thinking is how do we get them from like, warming up to actually getting to know each other and feeling like you had a moment of connection with this person that was very different than what you would have had if you were on a regular date where you would never Mm -hmm. see their apartment, right? Like you would never see their bedroom or their kitchen. And we actually encourage them to Mm -hmm. share that. Right, right. Well, that is nice because, you know, these people clearly came to you because something was not going right. On, in the way they were dating for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of pushing them against their instincts mm-hmm. seems like what they want, mm-hmm. right? And I I would have loved that when I was like, I clearly Same. was doing a bunch of stuff wrong and to but have like, somebody, what right, what it? is it? Right, can <laughs> yes. some behavioral scientist right. come and tell me yeah. what yeah. I'm doing wrong? Well, yeah. we have a friend, a friend in real life, but he listens to the podcast. Um, and he's out there dating and that's his exact complaint. Like, the dates don't go where he wants them to go mm. or sometimes they'll go a little bit farther, but there's something and he's, he'll say like, I'm putting something out there that's not working, yeah. but he doesn't know what it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. You know, where is he? Does he want to be set up? <laughs> he might. Do you <laughs> want someone in Huntsville, want, Alabama? Yeah. We want people from all over the country. We really you do. do? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. And we he's can... like, we adore him. Yeah. He's, he's, he's very charming. He's so, yeah, a little bit about him. Let me tell you, this is basically how it goes, where I'd be like, tell me about your friend. This is exactly how we cast people. He's great. He's, uh, has, has been divorced, but it was a a long time ago and he's out there. I mean, 
He's athletic. He he's an accountant, but he's hilarious. Yeah, he doesn't fit the stereotype at all. At all. Yeah. Right? Well dressed. Um, I mean Yeah, so I mean I you know him a lot better. He is he's one of Anna's tennis partners. Um, but you know, he we connect because we both were raised in really religious backgrounds that we pushed against and you know, sort of the trauma of that and trying to figure that out. So, and you know, very thoughtful guy, a lot of research. But um, just has this kind of like biting sense of humor too. Once you get to know him that you don't see on the surface, like on the surface, he just seems like a boring white dude. You know? <laughs> I mean, don't they all? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, again, there's something that's happening on these dates where he's like, I, I don't know what mm -hmm. it is. It's just not working. Yeah. I also think it's really hard to go deep with people without the context. It's almost like you can blame us for the death. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Right. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to say what's your childhood fear or whatever, exactly. but they're making me do yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, what is he looking I was... for? Sorry. What is he oh, looking for? Oh, go for? ahead. Go we, ahead. Yeah. I, mean, I, might, I might have someone for him. I mean, I think he's very open too. Okay. Cool. I'm excited. I'm going to ask you for his contact. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll do it. Yeah. This is great. And if, uh, oh, if he gets married to one of these women, I feel like he owes us and It's you like we're married. Big time. Exactly. Like our podcasts are married. Yes. <laughs> um, I was going to say, so, um, you know, the episode of The Bachelor that you just watched had this date where a bunch of the women filed into a dark room and one of the oh, contestants yeah. was there. Ugh. It was basically like the way they edited it with sort of no warm up or anything was like, okay, tell me like what you're insecure about. And that seems like the opposite of what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah. Cause it doesn't really seem to, it leads to like this sort of show for television of like, here's this trauma that I went through. Here's this insecurity that I have that I've already overcome. Yeah. A lot of like Clayton's was yeah. here's the thing I was insecure about that I've already overcome. Like I'm really hot, but I used to be not that hot. exactly. Yeah, yeah, like what a what a hard life yeah, I've had. Was yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about that. We were making fun of his weakness, but um, it just seems so like it seems like it's for the audience and not for the people who are there in the room. And it mm. seems like you're doing the opposite, where it's like this is for these people, and because it's so human it's also interesting to listen to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all, it's interesting that you, <clears throat> it's interesting that you pull out that difference because when I was watching it, I was stressed because yes. what the fuck, like that's such an awkward position to put it's awful. In. Yeah. It feels like, Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It's, really it's almost trauma. unethical. Right. I agree. I agree. Like, mm -hmm. and the person there who's asking you to divulge all of this information is someone who is totally inequipped to handle it. Yes. Correct. Like, yeah, and this completely. Is, this is also yeah. the second time that they've done that. They did it a few seasons back with one of the former male contestants. Yeah, who left Anna that lackluster cameo. <laughs> yeah. We should have known. <laughs> Wait. Nick Vale was Nick on? Nick Vale. Yeah. yeah. Vale. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wait, I didn't know he was on The Bachelor. Oh, he was he was on The Bachelor. At he was the Bachelor. He was on the Bachelorette twice in two seasons. Oh and then he God. was the Bachelor. And I mean that guy's all over the place. Yeah. Well, there there are people who just sort of settle into this franchise and like yeah. milk it that's for all this, so which you can't blame them. I mean, yeah. that's why they came on this to yeah. to get some sort of hustle out of yeah. this, right? But I know him from his little TikToks, so I had no idea. Yeah, I just oh, thought he was a podcaster. Funny. Yeah, no, no that's yeah. his claim to fame. And his, yeah. um, I mean, he made it far on both seasons that he was on for The Bachelorette. I want to say he was at least top three with both girls. Um, I mean, he is charming, not yeah. on cameo as much. But. <laughs> well, you see, people, he was phoning it in. Uh, yeah, um, no, I watched it. I watched it, and, I, and then I saw the comments, and I was like, "This is so awkward. Like, why not yeah. just say I won't do it?" <laughs> right. Well, and Anna, I got Anna a much better one. If you dig way down I, in the Insta, I did. There was oh, okay, you found it. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, and he was Alex so much was more charming. Like, yeah. even I was like, "I would." Go I out love with it. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's really interesting. You just taught me something new. I'm gonna watch these TikToks with a totally different frame of mind now. <laughs> But to your to your question of um, 
going deep with questions and like the purpose of going deep. I do think it's interesting. Part of why, part of our approach, I think, is informed by the fact that this is the same studio that makes and the same executive producer that makes Where Should We Begin? Do you guys yes. know that? Yes, yeah. we do. We are big Esther Perel fans. Okay. We've listened to many of those. And and to your earlier question too about some of these questions, they come from either our experience with Astaire. Astaire right. also has a card game that is out mm-hmm. now yeah. that's also called Where Should We Begin? So mm-hmm. in uh, intimacy and like vulnerability is not something that we take for granted because, I mean, it's a lot of, we spend a lot of hours listening to people's fears, frustrations, hopes, the things mm-hmm. that they feel like the, they might never get in their lives, the kind of right. love that yeah. they feel like has passed them by. Right. So it really does feel unethical. <laughs> and I. the other piece is, you don't know us, right? Like when you show up to The Bachelor, you know what you're signing up for. Right. Yep. And when you get introduced to us, it's usually through a friend of a friend or someone who you trust that's saying, we trust these people. So it would be ridiculous of us to like throw them into a room and be like, go trauma bond, you know? Yeah. 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 No, that's, uh, I mean, The Bachelor is happy to do that, but I'm glad to see. And it seems like they're now forced, you know, like if you go out on your one-on-one date with The Bachelor or Bachelorette, you better bring some traumatic story to tell at dinner and you better be, which you would never do that on a first date. You know, my dad died three years ago and I'm, so you would never do that if you met someone at, you know, Starbucks. Yeah. And then start making out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and receive a tangible token of how much they like you in the form of a rose. Oh my God. Yeah. And the outfits. The outfits are the other piece we don't have to worry about. On no, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> when in I saw, an audio format. Oh my God. When I saw the cable knit sweater with the blazer on top. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he's like sweating profusely. Right. And he, of could, course, you are. Yeah. Take the blazer off, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, it was so ridiculous. It's always ridiculous. And I that reminded me of when I would watch Matt's dates. It always irritated me. And I think this is a thing on the internet that his eyes were always open when yes. he was making out. Yeah. There were memes about yes. that to the point he yeah. had to respond to it. Even. What did he say? He's just like, I'm sorry, I like, didn't realize. He was like, I never knew that I did that. I'm so humiliated. Which, again, this is kind of yeah. sort of like your show is like, imagine if your dates are being recorded or filmed. All the things you like, I did that I was doing that, yeah. you know, like it, it's, it almost seems to me like part of the function of this show for these people is like recording the game on Sunday and watching it on Monday morning right, being yes. like, oh, that play was no good. Yeah. You know, that was, <laughs> yes. there's sort of that element too. Totally. Totally. I think, um, yeah, actually Khan's date, which is already out, you hear yeah. him replay parts of yeah. his yep. date with mm-hmm. Logan and when I was first listening to the first part of his date and he said she's too cerebral, I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you brought up the ticklish point and I do think it's charming. But when I heard it with him and Logan, uh-huh. like in that setting, I was like, I can understand how someone who sure. spends time drafting contracts might feel right. like, uh, I can't. Like, this, this is another work. This yeah. is a deposition. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so your feedback for Joanna might be to not use phrases like tickler and tickly on the first date. Or things. find a person sure. who finds that exactly. charming. Exactly. Me, exactly. For instance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think Joanna, I really, really liked Joanna. I like her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I saw, the truth is I see so much of myself in all of these people, mm-hmm. and I think all of the producers do. Or you just see, like Nick, we were laughing because we were like, I wish I was half as confident as Nick because (laughs) I don't see as much of myself in him, but I totally see the like the confidence that I wish I moved through the world with. Right. Oh, sure. Aspirational. Yeah. Yeah. When he was like, I'm 6'1", when they were talking about the ocean being really – how neither one of them yeah can yeah, yeah how yeah. they can't swim but he's like i'd be fine because i can just stand up and i let her response <laughs> well, I was great yeah. retort i yeah. mean she, she was like she's, she's, the water. Yeah, she's not having it yeah <laughs> and then when he was like i'm going to be engaged she like challenges him on that yeah i liked that yeah so um i it is interesting to watch a joanna because i don't think she should change anything to be with a con i actually maybe think like 
she just wasn't the right person for him, at uh-huh. least in this moment in time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I do hope she finds someone because I don't know if you remember the vulnerability that she shared was wondering if maybe something was wrong with her. Sure. Right. Yeah. 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 So what have you learned? Like you were watching these dates. What have you learned about dating? Or like, do you have any sort of insights or, t- or even like so does this much. affect your own life? Or, so you know, much. what are the, yeah, what, what have you taken from this? So I should ask the two of you this. When you okay. were single and dating, like how likely were you to say yes to a second date with someone? Like what determined whether you'd say yes or no? I never went on dates. Like anyone that I ever went on a date with, I ended up dating and in a relationship with. Um, And I, we didn't, we didn't date that much, you know? I mean, I don't know if it was, well, and just honestly, me with everyone that Mm -hmm. I was with, it was always a school setting. So there was a lot of going out to bars together, hanging out Mm -hmm. together. But I I mean, I don't know. By the time we were going on dates we were already dating, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean we I did, did have a first date. We did have a first date, but we were already in it. It wasn't like a blind thing. Whereas, so, I, I mean, I, I had been on many blind dates and I think I was fairly open to the idea of a second date if there was some sort of chemistry, mm-hmm. you know? Like I, I identified with Virginia being like, I want some chemistry and who knows what that means. Yeah. And how you're fooling yourself and all of that. But there, there was some sort of spark or interest or Well, you're whatever. a very anxious person. Yes. So you probably easily fooled yourself Correct. into thinking yes. that it was no, chemistry. That is why I identified with that comment so much. Yeah, I'm a giant ball of anxiety. So, um, so did the cholesterol comment make you feel like you had chemistry, Anna? It took us a year to yeah. date after that. So. <laughs> Okay, cool. That makes sense. That adds up. But actually, I would say it was chemistry because I remember thinking like, that's funny. Like, I don't want to date you, but that's funny. (laughs) I think that's the reaction of a lot of women that I get. Yeah. You're funny and nice for someone. Yeah. And it turned out that someone was you. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the second dates piece is probably the biggest, biggest one that I've learned because Mm -hmm. I was so quick. I yeah, it's because I resonate a lot with Virginia. I was so quick to be like, mm, I don't feel it. I'm good. Not much. Yeah. yeah, and then say no to a first da- to a second date unless the first date was amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And now I have the totally different approach of like, most of us are weird on first dates, right? Mm-hmm. And. I will, unless there's an egregious red flag or a red uh-huh. flag at all, I will right. say yes to a second date. Yeah, and the lesson that's come after that for me. And I realize now, like the reason I would say no, if I didn't feel sparks on the first date was because I hate disappointing someone once I like Mm -hmm. actually know them, you know? So it's been interesting to have to evolve in the way where, you know, after a second date, it might feel like you might feel like we're doing great, or I might feel like I could see something here, but I don't Uh really want to invest in it. Learning to say, this has been really nice, but I don't want to continue investing in this. Right. Hardest thing I've learned. That's so Uh tough, though. Yeah. Very tough. Because you're not saying that it's this specific thing. I mean, it's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. And it it does make – and people have questions, right? And so then the the other question ends up being, how much do you owe people that you've Mm -hmm. known for a total of four hours? Sure. Right. And I think that's on a case-by-case basis. But that actually does come up on the show too. You need a little exit survey. (laughs) Totally. Do you know that there's, I think it's on TikTok or on Hinge, someone has a an entry survey and an exit survey. I love that. I would do that actually. <laughs> I want the metrics. I want the performance yeah. eval. Yeah. I want it's like a teacher teaching evaluations, but exactly. for dating, I would want that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like once you, I think it's when you swipe right on him, he sends you a Google form. And oh, that's, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's how you fill that form out that determines what kind of date you go on with this person. That, did you fill it out? I never matched with him. I, I saw okay. it on TikTok, oh. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally have filled it out if if it was. Yeah. <laughs> Do you bring your producer brain to dates now? That's my biggest weakness in dating. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my, yeah, because now I, 
I hear myself yeah. and I also hear what I like create archetypes out of uh-huh. people and it's uh-huh. really bad. It's really, really bad because it's good for the show because yeah. I have actually found people that I'm like, you would be really great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's sort of an interview for the show slash date for you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And usually when I tell people I work on a dating show, they're like, am I being recorded right now? Oh gosh. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But um, yeah, I do think that I have to separate the two when I go on dates. That's the thing I really do have to work on mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because it also prevents you from having chemistry, right? Like chemistry right. is yeah. this thing that can happen when right. you are free and totally yourself. If you're a producer, you're constantly thinking about what could work, what right. could work, and right. whether this person could or could not fit in. And it's right. like, right. yeah. You're out of the moment. Yeah. And you you're can't totally have chemistry of, yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a producer. You're not a dater. Right. Yeah. 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 So one of the questions, I will let you go pretty soon because I know you've got a deadline, but um, is there like a reality star that you would love to have on your show? Oh my gosh. Yes. Do you you watch Love Island? No. We've We've had so many listeners say, y'all need to do this if you ever expand. Love Island season six, Shauna. Okay. girl, she dated this, I don't know what it's even, she matched, she was with Caleb. Okay. And, you know, she like really hung on tight. And she Uh felt like she met the person she wanted to be with pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. And then the so the girls stayed in the villa one night and the boys were sent to another villa where they were going to meet other women. Oh, okay. And they could choose whether they wanted to stay paired with the people oh, they were God. already paired. I know. It's yeah. bad. And he chose Molly. He oh. chose the other girl. Okay. Yeah. And he came back and he just didn't have the words to explain why he did what he did. Yeah. yeah. And Shauna was so heartbroken. And I've just been rooting for her for like a year and a half. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like maybe an anxiety attachment style is what we're doing. Totally. (laughs) To use that vocabulary. A hundred percent. Yeah. Also Heather Gay from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. When I was watching it this morning, I was like, I like you. You would be so fun. Mm -hmm. She just is fun. Not because she desperately needs our help, but I am curious as to what like the backstory is. Because she was divorced from, she said she married into like, either a millionaire or billionaire Mormon family and yeah. then got divorced and yeah, it's like vibing. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I have a lot of questions. Well, I always too. laugh because uh, I'm pretty sure all of the real housewives of New York now are divorced and single. <laughs> and I mean, I would love to see any of them on your show. <laughs> Is there a particular great. one that you love that you're like, well, I would want to see her change? You know, there's uh, there's one of them, Sonia. She actually has, it's been a story arc for her over a couple of seasons. She has a matchmaker. You follow mm. her on some dates and they're awful. Like it's Aww. just, yeah. But, but she's charming. I mean, she's crazy. <laughs> um, but it would be really interesting to kind of see her, you know, stripped down in a I don't know, just a, a more natural date. Okay. Adding Sonia to the list. Of the oh, yeah. Tell me what you can yeah. do about that. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get Sonia and our friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about it. Yeah. Well, hey, we had a lot. Of, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we Thank love you. listening to the yeah. podcast. I we are that. pretty picky about what podcast we listen we to. Are, right? yes. We are. Yes. We want to say thank you for coming on a much less successful podcast yeah. to talk about your more <laughs> successful podcast. Absolutely Earlier, not. you asked about our process. We sit at the kitchen table, yeah. ideally after the kids have gone to bed and we've had two to three drinks, and we talk <laughs> into the microphone for 45 minutes to an hour. We shove a couple of Anchorman clips in, and then we call it a show. So we that's were, our process. We were very nervous about doing this without the help of alcohol. <laughs> Well, you guys were great. And also, that's how I started podcasting. I was in my apartment in, mm-hmm. yeah, it was after grad school, but I was, I had just gone through a breakup and I was like, I'm going to start this podcast. Yeah. And I like, bought a mic and yeah, here we are. So here you are. Awesome. Yeah. We, we all grow in, in our yeah, own. We were very ex- excited to briefly be sponsored by KY, but uh, that was sort of our biggest. <laughs> Claim to fame. That's amazing. That's actually a great sponsor. We should reach out to yeah. them too. Yeah, reach out to them. They'll okay. they'll play ball. Okay. So. All right. Well, have a great afternoon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank Bye. you. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.